0: Hey there, I hope you're having a great summer. I'm Siobhan Hunt, host of Feed Play Love. I'm taking a few weeks off over Christmas, but I didn't want to leave you hanging, so I've selected some of my favourite stories and interviews from 2021. I chose this next interview because I figure we could all do with a bit of a break. It's Susie O'Brien and her hilarious, but also deadly serious, take on half assed parenting. I hope you enjoy it. You're listening to Feed Play Love, a podcast that's all about supporting parents as they bring up children. We've got experts and advice to help you through the more challenging bits of parenting. I'm Siobhan Hunt. This interview is about a book I have been longing to read, or rather, I've been longing for someone to write it. It's called The Secret of Half Asked Parenting Raising Kids with Half the Guilt and Twice the Joy. I've been a parent now for over eight years, and while I have probably improved in some areas, my guilt has not decreased with my ability. Only yesterday, I was swimming laps with the mantra in my head, this year, we will be better at homework. Note the we, not the my kids, we. We. I worry that my kids aren't doing enough extracurricular activities, even though I know they're happy with me at home. And when they were smaller, there were other things I worried about. Dr. Susie O'Brien has a PhD in education. She's a journalist, a mum and author of this book. Hi, Susie. How are you? Hi, Siobhan. Thank you for having me. Look, firstly, I have to thank you so much for writing this book. What inspired you to do it?
1: I, I work for the Herald Sun newspaper and uh, my digital editor one day said to me, let's do something real about Christmas, you know, like half-assed Christmas. And I thought, oh, every Christmas I have is a half-assed Christmas. So we <laughs> set the bar so low that you have no option but to succeed. Um, <laughs> underwhelm, underperform, underdeliver, that kind of thing. And I thought... Actually, that's not a bad approach to parenting as a whole. I think these days, you know, it's as you were saying, it's never been harder to be a parent. And I think parents are wallowing in multiple activities, competition on social media, toddlers who just won't let you go to the toilet in peace. And it seems like we just can't get a bit of free space to work out what the hell we're doing as parents.
0: Where do you think this intensification of parenting comes from? I know you mentioned a few things there such as social media and those sorts of things, but it it kind of feels like this is half we're doing it ourselves to ourselves and half outside pressure that we just have to be... The perfect parents.
1: Somewhere over the last few decades, something has changed when it comes to parenting. It used to be—I mean, I'm probably a little bit older than some of your listeners. I grew up in the 1970s, where my sister and I basically raised ourselves while my parents got shit-faced I'm not saying that's <laughs> the model we should move back to, especially—I don't think kids should pick up smokes for their parents at <laughs> the local, <laughs> the local <laughs> like we used to. But somewhere, something has changed, and it used to be that parents buy lego and the kids sit on the floor and make something out of lego and that's the end of it nowadays lego comes in these kits where you spend the whole of christmas day and boxing day putting together your damn kids lego (laughs) you know excited about it and at the end of the day their lego has taken so long and cost so much that no-one's allowed to play with it. (laughs) It's on the top shelf. And the parents go, well, that was a job well done. Um, (laughs) So somewhere along the line, like I'm pretty sure my parents didn't ever think that it was their job to make sure that my Lego got made, got built to their satisfaction. So somewhere along the line, something has changed. And there's certainly a proliferation of activities. And this idea that, as you were saying, to be a good parent, the kids have to be scheduled and overscheduled and busy and that every minute of the day, it's our responsibility to keep them entertained, fascinated, educated. And we're, <laughs> we're not actually just letting them be.
0: Yes, and in the process, we're all just feeling terrible about ourselves.
1: Yeah, and you know, you look at something as basic as lunchboxes. You know, whether it's the Kinder lunchbox or the 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 prep lunchbox. I mean, it used to be that you'd put in a bit of cut up apple, a Vegemite sandwich. Nowadays, no peanut butter like we used to have. But um, you know, it's something fairly basic. Maybe a little snack, a bit of fruit cut up. These days, there's all these expectations that you put notes of love that you have rainbow nude food. I mean, parent, the only nudity in your house should be your Saturday morning bonk, just quietly. <laughs> no nudity in the school lunchbox, please. <laughs> well, you know what, if that's your thing, if you want nude food and it makes you feel good, go for it. But don't shame other people because they use Glad Wrap. <laughs>
0: that's something as well that i um, myself experience not necessarily the shame over the glad rub but the comparison so i hear a lot about competitive parenting and i think well i'm not a competitive person and i don't feel inclined to make my children be the top of their class or for me to be the best parent in the classroom what I do feel though is when I look at other parents and think, oh, they're doing such a better job than me. Like, you know, they, they've thought ahead and their child, they know their child is better off doing piano and swimming and ballet and whatever. And so I feel like I'm falling short when I compare myself to others. Do you think that's new? I think there's just more ways to compare than there used to be. Um,
1: even when we were quite young, we used to walk to kinder or walk to school. Now there's this expectation that, you, you get your best Elle McPherson school drop-off outfit on, <laughs> the skinny jeans and the cute little top, you have your hair done by 6am or, or, in fact, what you do is you wear the exercise gear to drop off but you're well-dressed for pick-up because it shows you had a shower <laughs> and went to the gym. Um, so now there's this group of parents, um, mostly mothers, standing at the school gate or the kinder gate or the childcare centre gate, um, having a chat and comparing maybe quite innocently Um, comparing what what they're going to do that day and the thing is I think what we need as parents to realise is that everybody's faking it no one actually says gee I'm nailing this parenting caper like you've got parents who say oh well I've decided to start Josephine violin, even though he's only four, it's probably because she hasn't slept for three weeks and she desperately needs half an hour off. It's not because she's got her <laughs> entire educational needs all nailed. And I think, you know, we have to stop assuming that everybody else has got it nailed and we haven't because they're probably, you know, like the proverbial ducks swimming like shit underwater um, while trying mm. to appear um, calm on top.
0: Now, your book is blessedly all about helping parents turn the pressure down for themselves. And I'm just wondering if we can go few, through a, a few key areas that I think parents put pressure on themselves because if they don't do it, they're letting down their kids or something along those lines. Uh, and I'm wondering if you can give us some of your tips on how a parent can turn the pressure down in that situation. Obviously, you've got lots in your book, so I'm not going to take them all. Just a couple. Would you be up for that? Sure, sure absolutely. Okay, let's start with food. <laughs> <laughs> it's a constant bane <laughs> of my existence. So when babies are small and they go on to solids, I felt a lot of pressure to um, cook and give organic Foods, or at least whole foods, so nothing out of a tin or a squishy pouch or anything like that. And that kind of rolled into making sure that when the kids got older, they had every food group covered. So they were eating vegetables and protein and meat and all of that. And if I wasn't doing that all the time, I was a bad mum. So, how do you turn that expectation down when it comes to food?
1: You know, it's funny because I asked my own mother about this. Because I said to her, "I'm so exhausted cooking all these purees because my kids have to have the organic puree, and as you say, every food group represented for every meal. No squeezy pouches for us." And my mum said to me, "I didn't cook any of your food back then. The best thing was considered to be out of a tin because it was like formulated by scientists and people in lab coats, and not by mums at home. So even." 30 or 40 years ago, the shop-bought stuff was assumed to be better than the homemade stuff because the the scientists made it. So I think we, we need to get back to a little bit of balance. There are some times when we need to have the squeezy pouch for our own sanity. And that's okay. And there are other times where we are sailing through and having such a, we had a great sleep and we had a, you know, Saturday morning bonk and everything is going well. And we might spend the afternoon, I've been talking about that a lot, haven't I? We, um, you know, sailing through the weekend and we've got time and we've got the energy to do a big cook up and to make sure the kids eat it. Half-ass parenting is about getting that balance right and it's about not flagellating yourself by comparing yourself to these unrealistic standards, often that we are setting ourselves. And perhaps it may well be turning off your Instagram feed or not looking at social media. You've got friends who are going through the same thing at the same time. If you are struggling to get all of that organic goodness into your baby, the last thing you want is the self-satisfied person from mother's sleep (laughs) showing off, you know, job well done, hashtag blessed. <laughs> it has just done a, a poo in the toilet and slept for eight hours um, well, You're like in the fetal position covered in <laughs> tinned food lying on the floor so stop looking at what everyone else is doing I think parents actually know the right answer they know inside of you you feel this is nuts why am, I, why am I putting myself through this? As long as they have something, you know, veggies for dinner, I can have a, you know, something from a tin for lunch or whatever else it may be, you actually know the answer. And I think we have to trust ourselves that we can make good decisions.
0: I think another area that is both confusing and terrifying and guilt-ridden for parents is screen time. So there is this idea that our kids are spending too much time on time on their screens that in particular, when they're very small, we shouldn't be letting them watch TV. And I know in particular, I I actually grew up with my parents not letting us watch TV during the week. And now my my kids definitely, definitely watch TV during the week, especially when it comes to iPads and YouTube and things like that parents can feel a huge weight of responsibility and indeed we do have to be involved when it's something that's a little bit unknown to us because we didn't grow up with it how can we feel less guilty about what our kids are doing in that respect
1: well, I think you just have to set down and set the limits that make sense to you and your own family. Like you see some kids in the supermarket and their parents are running themselves ragged and the little kids sitting there like King Mark with the iPad and with the squeezy packet and <laughs> all the things on the shelves that they want and they know they've got it all worked out because they know that the louder they scream, the more they'll get what they want and, you know, the parents are saying, oh, darling can I can mummy have her phone please and the kids go nah, blue still on you know and you think oh man just give them a piece of cabana and push them around you know whatever push them around and just get it get out of there there are times we clearly kids are being overindulged in terms of screen time and are not being told no and parents are not willing to put up with the the tantrum the particularly in public that will come from taking away that screen but you know as a family, you've just got to work it out for yourselves. And, and I can't tell your listeners or anyone else what's right. Um, if you've got a long car trip, then screen it up, bring it on. An hour before bedtime, if it calms kids down, then bring it on. Maybe while parents are cooking dinner, let the kids have the screen. But in the afternoon, if you're at the park and everything's gorgeous, then let them you know take the screen away and make them play. So I think it's got to be about having the guts to take the screen off the kid when you need to. And there may be some screaming involved at times and writing it out. Kids will learn that they don't always get what they want.
0: Extracurricular activities is also a particular bugbear of mine because I remember when just when my kids started to sleep through the night, uh, everyone started enrolling their kids in Kickaroos or all the little toddler extracurriculars, piano, ballet, all of that sort of stuff. And I at that time went, you know what? I've finally got my weekends back to myself. I don't want to run around doing all that stuff. And I felt bad because it seems that every parent I know has got these extracurricular activities slotted in. Everyone has their weekends full, going from one activity to the other. And I know that there is research that our kids are being overscheduled, but when you have that amount of people doing that much stuff, how do you just say, okay, you can't do ballet and gymnastics and swimming and netball? <laughs> I think it's a three-year-old.
1: <laughs> That's exactly right. That's it. You haven't even
0: primary school yet. Uh, well,
1: it's really hard. I mean, as I say, I think every parent knows their own limits. limits that their family can take it may well be that you do the activities during the week if you've got a day off or if you're on maternity leave and you've got an older kid then actually having that structure during the week when you're at home all day with kids can actually be beneficial but you say I'm not going to do anything that takes that that has weekend sessions so work out for yourself where your limits are my kids I've always said one sport and one something else, whether it's um, you know, calisthenics or music or whatever. I've got three kids and if I said yes to everything, not only would I be broke, but I would be spending all day every day in the car. And I think these days, you know, some of the activities are so, so kind of absurd. I remember my son doing soccer and it wasn't like even games, it was just soccer skills. And at the end of one term, they all stood up and got medals, not not medals because they were great soccer players, but medals for turning up, and I remember (laughs) remember looking at him, going, "Hang on, where's my medal for driving him? For making him (laughs) come? For finding his boots? For finding
0: his top? For (laughs) finding his mouthguard? Where's where's my parenting medal?" Apart from reading your book, which I highly recommend, I just read the title and I feel better. Um, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's all it takes for me. But you can get more out of it than just reading the title. Do you have any tips on how parents can? Start to be more half-assed from today, like just to cut themselves from slack. And um, as you say in your book, you think that half-assed parenting leads to more enjoyment of that experience for everyone. There's less resentment. The kids are happier. You're happier. It's a completely where I think we all need to be. But if we had to start somewhere, where should we start today?
1: I think we've got to start in our own heads. We've got to start and say, I'm making it a dis a decision to get off this parenting merry-go-round. Because my kids aren't happy. I'm not happy. My partner is looking at me and not even recognising the person that they married or, you know, shacked up with. It's in your head. You've got to say, I don't want to do this this way anymore. I want more time on the couch. I want more time at the park. I want less time looking at my watch and wrenching the screen away from the kids and saying we're going to be late hurry up get it get your you know leotard on for baby gymnastics I think there's a few really key half-assed tips so one of them just because it's on you don't have to go I think people assume that oh well, there's another kinder fundraiser or the, the end of year mothers race on Mother's Day or whatever <laughs> trying to think. Whatever it may be.
0: That sounds horrific, by the way. <laughs> you don't have to go.
1: Just because it exists, you don't have to have it. Just because everyone else has got it. Just because the kids want it. You don't have to buy it. It's okay to say no. And the more you say no to kids, the more they expect you to say no and the less the tantrum next time. And just because they ask you, you don't have to say yes. You don't have to say yes to that extra play date or that extra activity or that extra episode of bluey um, instead of putting them to bed on time. And I think what we as parents need to do is start looking after ourselves the way that we look after everybody else. <laughs> that We're sounds good. Looking after everybody else's needs. You know, there are some women, they wouldn't forget ballet, they wouldn't forget soccer practice, but they've actually forgotten to have a life of their own. And they're so, they're running themselves so thin by keeping up with all the kids' demands and needs, that they've just forgotten to have a life of their own. Like, when was the last time they got? drunk with their friends when was the last time they had a night out with their partner where they didn't sit and talk about the kids all night
0: susie as i mentioned this is the book i've been waiting for thank you so much for writing it thank you very
1: much siobhan it's been lovely to talk to you
0: that's dr susie o'brien her book is called the secret to half asked parenting and there'll be more info on where to get it in the notes of this episode